0: Come on, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Applejack, or some Adam's Ale, if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music is provided by the fantastic Nancy White and Jared Iscariots. Enjoy the show. Down that Hello and welcome to the After Dark podcast. I'm Anthony James and that's Conrad.
1: Hello there. We got more Westworld this week.
0: Westworld? We do have more wait, Westworld this week. Wait, hold on.
1: That's a sign that I just woke up. I meant to say we got more Radiohead this week, and my brain just went to Westworld. <laughs> Listen, it's early in the morning. Yep. We're recording, but I'm here.
0: <laughs> yeah we're recording early in the morning this week um which you know it's it's fine it just means we might, we might have a little bit of cr- crackle in our voice I was <laughs> I was uh I was in the kitchen earlier on uh showing even my singing skills to try and get rid of the crack you know, I was like Hooray, you know yeah. like uh that old, that the, old song the old uh, Rolling Stones. Yeah, 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 exactly, so um, that's what I do when I want to just like empty my throat of all stuff, you know, Yeah, didn't really work, but anyway, we're early in the morning here, guys, last week's intro was really long, so instead, unless Conrad has something he wants to say, we will continue straight in, what do you think, Conrad? We're going straight in, let's do it.
1: Oh, let's break it down!
0: The episode opens, instead of Dolores waking up this time, it's Maeve, what did you think of this shift, Conrad? So I'm gonna say it again
1: because I've I screwed up my intro. We get more Radiohead in Westworld this week. I was very excited to see Mae waking up and wandering past, just very casually past a gunfight. Um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> as Fake Plastic Trees plays, which is another very good Radiohead song, and um, yeah, just sort of. <laughs> she, I don't know how you describe her attitude in this the early parts of this episode. I'd say maybe Devil May Care is how i described describe Because she's sort of... She's wandering around. She's she's not paying attention to people getting shot. She's picking out the roughest dude in the bar. uh, And then she's essentially negging him to the point of murdering her so she can speak to Colin or whatever that chop shop dude's name is. Felix, (laughs) yeah. Felix. I knew it was something nerdy. Uh, (laughs) Um... I have, some, I have some questions. Questions for you, questions for the audience, questions for anyone who listen about how this is working. Because my, my understanding was that they're having their memory wiped every time they died, and not necessarily just by the Chop Shop dudes, but by a more kind of, um, I don't know, a more like formal process to make sure that okay. shit like this can't happen. Now, it, it, are we to understand that it's just the Chop Shop dudes who wipe their memory, and, and they're not going to, you know, behavior or whatever to... To 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 make sure this is being carried out, um, and it's not being done for her, or is something else gone on here.
0: Well, I I think that they're implying. Well, Felix Felix explained that someone does it. I don't know if he said it was the Chop Shop guys or behavior. I don't know who he said did it. I, I'm assuming it's behavior, but I, do, I really don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just the Chop Shop guy. But the, if you notice later on in the episode, when they um when Sylvester we got his name Sylvester and Felix, yeah. uh the the two famous cats of that, course
1: yeah. I, Hold on. Oh no, that's Tweety Bird. I was thinking, are those the Warner Brothers characters? But yeah, I got that. I got that wrong. I'm in a space Sylvester jam, and Tweety,
0: of... and then Felix the cat is a different show. So they're both they're both cats. Um, yeah. I look forward to Tom. Wait, do we have a Tom?
1: I guess we don't have a Tom yet. Not yet, actually. That's
0: Keep your eye out yeah, for maybe a Tom. The, maybe Tom's the name of his little bird or something, um, or maybe that's Tweety. Because um, Sylvester does hate it. Uh, yeah, that is all true. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So basically, what later on in the episode, when Sylvester comes in, they actually uh, explain. Well, he he notices on the little the tablet that someone else is manipulating her. Uh, someone yeah. else who they don't know with a really high path, and that seemed to be on. Un- that seemed to be not a normal thing that happens. Yeah. So there seems to be some sort of outside influence from a different department in Maeve's head at the minute.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's. Um yeah that's maybe how she's remembering this but as soon as as soon as it, it became clear in this scene that she's essentially getting herself killed in westworld yeah. so she can go back and talk to felix i was like okay so how is so she's just remembering everything now like she's just fully sentient um about her entire existence which i will say she she <laughs> copes with like an absolute champ in this episode like like the things yeah to, if you put yourself in the mindset of you know like a, a brothel worker in 19th century Texas or wherever wherever Westworld is supposed to be set, and then expose them to the things that Maeve is exposed to in this episode. Not to mention the like identity shattering concepts that she's forced to confront. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, she's just it's a like water off a duck's back. She's just like, yeah, that yeah all yeah. that all makes sense
0: gonna have a lot of fun aren't we uh yeah so it it is it is uh interesting what i thought what i find interesting conrad is this is another example of one of your theories from a previous show seeming to come true in a, pre- in a later show this idea of like killing yourself to like leave something like leave this the loop of stuff yeah i, yeah. I,
1: I i'm uh, what i am is i'm i'm just one show behind in most of my craziest <laughs> theories so although that doesn't work for alien bug monsters but um That'll maybe, come they, eventually, yeah. maybe they'll turn up in 1899 who knows <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. I should just like. I should just choose a show knowing they're gonna turn up, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. just to just to like be the guiding hand of. There, this, there is uh, of a new this... Alien
1: show being released on FX in America, so um, we can <laughs> oh, we can fuck, we can definitely it. engineer that.
0: I don't know if we're doing an FX show or not. to be honest. Um, <laughs> all right, that's only a step above sci-fi, right? Um, let's go for the next scene then, because we got um, Bernard or Bernard as you call it. Bernard, yeah. The- they're talking about the uh, guy who smacked his head in with the rock again the host um mm. and they're saying that um not was it that his geo positioning was wiped but Bernards figured <laughs> out because they wanted to figure out what was going on with him Bernards figured out actually that that his geo positioning hasn't all been wiped yeah and it's that like an they need host. to go upstairs this is, he, says, he says we need to go up downstairs sorry downstairs to yes. access it and as we know about Westworld, downstairs is where the abandoned places are.
1: Yes, so so you need like so this is an uh, the 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 woodcutter dude. Um, yeah, is an older host who has um, kind of like old like legacy geopositioning stuff, but you need to go to servers downstairs to access it. Which, as someone who works in IT, I can tell you right now, RDP into those things, guys. You don't need to be wandering down like forty floors <laughs> yeah. to go and to go and like fucking access a computer. Like it's un- unreasonable <laughs> to expect people to do that in a work environment. Um, And we get a lot of that in this episode, we get a lot of people being like, in fact, I'm going to say this now, we won't get to it until later, but this was the most, you know, you know when Hollywood approaches a subject that you know quite a lot about, and it does an awful job of it, and you just have to kind of like switch that part of your brain off that she knows a lot about and be like, you know what, this is just, I just have to accept this at face value that this is how it works here. This was that for this episode was that for me where there was a lot of moments where I was like, "What? Why are you doing this?" Like, it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah,
0: it's, it's it's because like they can create these human-like f- robots, but they can't set up their network correctly.
1: Yeah, like, they they can't what? they can't put they can't put these servers behind an internal firewall to stop it, the people who shouldn't be logging into them from logging into them. You have to walk down forty floors of stairs to an office that looks like it's literally the office. Uh, yeah. i like, expected like the stereophonics to start playing as bernard walked into uh walked into it cause it's got like um i don't know how you, how you describe that sort of 90s like 20th century office aesthetic but it definitely kind of has that the room that, that...
0: Well, it was all dark as well so unlike um, oh, yeah, like the, the normal lights, sort of beige of tones of that aesthetic also, also uh, the lights off
1: guys like <laughs> someone's it's... just left them on
0: yeah, I know, I know, but you know, Westworld. What can you do? Like, they're all mavericks. Even behind the scenes, they're all mavericks. What I'll say is, I don't really understand why. Like, if they're so high tech, these people who are hacking into the park, why do they have to put a physical thing in the arm of a of a host with a laser protruding? Like, why why can't they just hack into the data? Like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's funny actually. That I mean, that is a good point. But I think that I'm more just like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna question that um that it's, it's that's an, how
0: they bypass the firewall
1: yeah that's how they get it get that's how they download the mainframe um <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i clearly like i just have a low tolerance for certain aspects of the it mumbo jumbo in this show and then it give others a complete pass because the, the the geolocation the enormous like world war Two era tracking beacon that they put into that i, some. I was like whatever <laughs> that seems fine but um but yeah,
0: everything's been... so minute and minuscule yeah. and like perfectly engineered. And then you've got this huge fuck off metal <laughs> yeah. rod yeah. in his arm.
1: But yeah, that, that was fine. But Bernard coming down, like laying out this, this incredible, like foldable tablet computer in front of this <laughs> windows XP ass desktop that he's had to walk down 40 flights of stairs to access. I was like, that is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> um, but he's here. I love his little tablet thing. And we find out, um, that along with the, the woodcutter there were five additional anomalies detected. Anomalous hosts that aren't registered. Um Which I will be honest now, I was probably the last horse to cross the finish line on those ones. Um, I feel like it it was a lot more obvious than I made it in my head. I, I, as soon as I heard about these anomalous hosts, I was like, who could they possibly be? Is it going to be William? Is it going to be, like, it, it, <laughs> is it going to be, you know... <laughs> oh, you
0: were thinking, like, the people who we think of yeah Yeah, I, of I was thinking,
1: is the man in black a host? And then it got to the the reveal, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense, actually.
0: <laughs> well, out of curiosity, like, so it says five, right? So, obviously, that's... We, we do finally see the families. So it's like the mum and dad, the two brothers, and then the dog. Like, yeah. that's the five, but Yeah. Because it's interesting that so far they haven't actually referenced um, the animals as hosts yet. Like, they haven't yeah. actually talked about, like, when they talk about how many hosts are in this particular area, they're not really referencing animals, but it seems like they were here.
1: Yeah, that is probably the first time Yeah, we've heard them called hosts. I mean, we've certainly seen them, you know, walking horse oh, yeah. hosts and
0: buffalo hosts around in circles and stuff. Um they don't usually put them on the same level as the human hosts. Though. No, like, even no, in, absolutely. Just like just like real life, how we sort of separate ourselves from animals. Maybe we should, or maybe we shouldn't. Who knows? But we sort of separate ourselves. Like we are, we are more superior in many people's eyes to animals. Yeah. They sort of feel that way about the hosts too. Even though they're all just, even even though they're they're all just like made robots. Like the human <laughs> hosts are better than the horse hosts. Yeah,
1: but I mean, listen, if you bump up Roger the dog's bulk perception, yeah. he'll <laughs> he'll fuck you up. <laughs> like, I want to see. I want to see that episode. I thought of the Webster. dog's name
0: was Jock. Is it Jock? Which one's Roger? I, I, I didn't get. Oh, that. You're, no, you're thinking of the young boy. He's called Robert. Oh, Robert that's, is the yeah, same. Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty sure it's the same name as uh, Ford. Jock. Yeah. That's
1: right. Yeah. Well, okay. Jock. When when yeah. we get when we get to the episode where Jock's bulk perception gets bulked up by <laughs> by Felix and Sylvester and he becomes a super dog. That's that's the episode I'm looking forward to. <laughs> now, right. where were we?
0: You know. <laughs> 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 oh, please, Westworld! I'm on my knees, begging you to go in that direction. Like, if they get these, uh, if we have these human human hosts being able to just be this clever and actually game the system, shove one of these human host brains in a dog. Uh, we're begging you. So,
1: I, look, listen, that's the most unrealistic thing in this show: the fact that they would have run this park the way they've run it for 30 years, and not once did they put a human brain inside an animal. Like, you, you would, there would 100. percent with a gun to my head, if it, like you you if I was in any position of power in this park, you would have a section of this park that was Looney Tunes. You would have like yeah. <laughs> like yeah, you would yeah. have like like uh, cougars running around that had like the brain of Albert
0: Einstein or so- <laughs> something like that. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it like uh, as if. As if you're like tripping, but you haven't taken any drugs. Yeah. Like you go into this section, it's like Toontown. Yeah, know, like in, yeah. Uh, who's right. R- that's why they're losing yeah. money
1: because they're not making they're not making choices like this. Like that's such a slam dunk of an idea. And I do use that pun deliberately because a new Space Jam movies <laughs> just come out. Yeah.
0: They they are sticking to their guns. No pun intended. Not a pun. Intended. No pun intended. <laughs> oh. They're stick they're sticking to their guns. They really need to. Just- yeah, they just needed like. They need to jump the shark. That's the thing that Westworld has not done. They yeah. have not jumped the shark. Lee would has definitely recommended it 30 that. Years. Lee has recommended yeah. that. Oh, Look yeah. at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's recommended it 100%. He he, he, he wanted to, not only the bulk apperception, he wanted to create, like, huge eyes so they start looking like cartoon <laughs> characters yeah. too.
1: Oh, I if if Westworld now doesn't go in the direction that we've just discussed here, I'm gonna hate this show. That's my
0: that's my stuff. It's funny. Everyone else everyone else hated season two and three because of it, but we love it. You Aww, know, to it town. Where's yeah. Bob
1: Hoskins? Oh, <laughs> that yeah, get Jessica Rabbit involved.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Right. Okay. Uh, Ford is working on his new um narrative. He keeps calling it, and um, yeah, he's like. They, 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 he's got all whole plans where he wants to d- just demolish a lot of stuff, but he would have to demolish his whole town. So he decides to stop just short of the town. So he—it's he, funny though because he's shown before that he just doesn't care about the hosts because he's he's in control of them and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, here he's just like that's enough destruction for one day.
1: Yeah. He he continues to be a fascinatingly complex character because, um, as you say, in in one in one even scene to scene, actually, never mind episode to episode, because in one scene, you know, he's talking to Teresa, and he's basically almost explicitly <laughs> threatening her to not cross him, um, you know, and he's he's very comfortably portraying the role of the sort of white plantation owner with slaves, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and clearly has a god complex, and here he, he, he sort of displays or in, in this episode, actually, I suppose he displays more of a kind of nostalgic sentimental quality for for the host it's it's really interesting it does feel like there's almost there's there's two very distinct sides of him that we're seeing kind of flit back and forth which which I find fascinating um and I, I did think as well it, it's not really related to anything in the scene but the, uh, the more I saw him in this episode the more I reflected upon the the scene in the previous episode where um the man in black uh, had met with him and, and grabbed a knife to threaten him and Teddy immediately Sprung to the defence of of Ford, and I feel like the more I thought about mm. that, the the level of security for him around all of the around all of the hosts, including some hosts that we meet in this this episode, mm. may, makes me think that that's a reflection of the fact that Arnold was almost certainly killed by one of them, which is which is my one of my theories, um, and he wants to ensure that it doesn't happen to him because he has like absolute control over all of the hosts, mm-hmm. uh, which feels I mean he has more control than anyone else in the park which I guess makes sense if, if, if I if I really sort of distance myself from it because obviously he runs the place but at the same time it feels um almost like neurotically uh overprotective of himself to be like I need to be able to stop everything at a moment's notice um I think he I, I, I might be wrong but I believe he also has like a little book um in this scene where we see the map kind of symbol uh thing again yeah so he actually
0: well we see it on a table in the town because i think i think this is uh supposed to be maybe lawrence's town maybe yes um so that it's on the table and then he goes into a little uh studio uh one of the backstage areas and he's got like a little map of his new i I imagine this is his new narrative uh up there um and then he's got a little book there and in the book is the map that uh now in the book it actually interestingly before he turns to the page with the map there is actually um a drawing of dolores in there um so this seems to me like a really old book like this is a book from back in the beginning of the creation of these of the things like the the diagrams of the hosts and things this is back whenever either him or arnold were creating these you know
1: yeah and and the the more i um the more I look at this image, and to be honest, this is kind of cheating a little bit because it is kind of given away in this episode. In fact, I think even in the next scene. Um, but the more I look at this image, the more I think like, oh, I think this is, I mean, there is a maze here. But it, it it very much seems like there's a kind of Vitruvian man thing going on at the center of this image. Like similar to, um, you know, the the um, the hosts as they're building them. They've got them like trussed up yes. in that like expose uh, to cover them in milk or whatever it is they're dipping them in. Um, and
0: is that like the Da Vinci drawing? Is that what you are talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Da Vinci
1: yeah. Vitruvian Man with yeah, yeah, that and stuff. Um, and so, and it's kind of confirmed by Teddy in the next scene that the center of the maze is a man, which is where my mind went by the end of this. And I wonder who it's going to be. Seems like all the signs are p- pointing towards Arnold, but hmm. uh, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna zig on that one rather than zagging and, and hit us with a surprise.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, one thing I will say as well, when you said uh, about like them not being able to touch him, remember a few episodes ago, they, they, they can't, like, like, Teddy protected him, basically. Well, I, I went to see Black Widow in the cinema last night uh, okay. with my wife, and there was a, this tiny spoilers for Black Widow, not really, like, not plot spoilers, but there's a guy in it who controls the Widow's... Uh, th- or is unable to be harmed through pheromones so if you're able to smell his pheromones because he's chemically altered them if you're able to smell his pheromones you can't attack him right okay and then now overall i enjoyed the film don't get me wrong it is definitely like a sort of bc level marvel it's it's weird to go back to sort of a russian spy thing whenever we've been in space but i i, I did enjoy <laughs> yeah i did enjoy i did enjoy it I, I, i'm not gonna lie but but and I'm excited about Florence Bugh's character going forward, but I will say it's interesting and funny because there's a moment whenever Scarlett Johansson, and again, minor spoilers, overcomes this pheromone block. Uh, like she's like she smacks her head on a desk and it goes And he's like he's like, What are you doing? He's like and she's like severing the nerve <laughs> and then like starts fighting him. And it's so funny. Like it's it's like a real it's real cheese, like real cheese. I want an alternative of version it.
1: of that scene where she smashes her head in a desk and then just passes out from a concussion <laughs> because that's yeah. what happens when you hit your head on things.
0: <laughs> Severing the nerve. Um, yeah, so then that's, that's Scalty Hansel. So a little bit relevant there, a little bit
1: relevant. <laughs> yeah, lovely little bit of Black Widow talk.
0: <laughs> yeah all right next scene uh we had do we do have the chat you said about yeah. the about the maze can i, so I just say as to... well
1: this is a bromance that i didn't know i needed and it's great to get in this episode man in black
0: and teddy oh yeah.
1: what, what a what a couple what a what a what a pair of jokers <laughs> these two are just <laughs> they're all business these characters i <laughs> think it's fair to say like they're just constantly talking about how they have to, like how they're gonna have to do awful things to get to the center of this maze and i, I was very much enjoying it
0: yeah, I don't actually remember if in the last episode we talked too much about. I can't remember, Conrad, but we talked too much about the fact that, like, uh, the man in black just goes, uh, you know, Dolores needs help, and then Teddy's like, and he's like, that's the magic word, yeah, you
1: know? yeah, like he he drops the drops the D word, and Teddy's like, right, well, gloves are off then, <laughs> and and boy howdy do they come off for Teddy in this episode. Like he goes from you know taciturn, slightly violent gunslinger to murderous individual. <laughs> in, oh, yeah, in this yeah. episode they'll
0: just follow us uh but we'll get to that um so basically they have a chat about the maze so we cut from the maze to a chat about the maze um and the man in black is saying sort of does the maze look like anything to you um teddy says the maze is a sum of a man's life at the center there is a man who has been killed multiple times um so g- goes on to say a few more things but basically the idea is yeah as you're right there's a man at the center uh, it's all the maze is a sum of a man's life, and at the center is a man who's been killed multiple times. So, yeah. what do you take from that description?
1: I, th- I think. Does he also say he like built a house and then built a maze around it or something? Or yeah, what? yeah. So, I do think it's Arnold. I think it has to be Arnold that he's talking about there. I just, I just feel like all the signs are pointing to Arnold. Now, maybe that's the the, the kind of route of least resistance that I'm heading down there. This idea that he's been killed multiple times to me. Is a sort of semi-confirmation that Arnold lives on in a host somehow, uh, mm. which I think is what, which is why I think we may meet Arnold at the center of the maze, but I don't think it's going to be the character that we expect to see or in the form that we expect to see him. Um, and you know, this idea of a sum of a man's life, I think, mm-hmm. is, I mean, Westworld seems to be. The sum of Ford and Arnold's existence. I think it's telling that we haven't found out anything about Arnold apart from the fact that he, you know, he dedicated himself to creating the hosts in Westworld and then tried to destroy it. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where I think it's going, but I'm still like this entire new narrative, Wyatt, Maze plotline could still go in so many different directions. I'm really, I'm really kind of like just being led by the nose, by the show, by it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and there's certain aspects to the story as well. Like You are right in theorizing about the man in black because he is called the man in black and there's not really a name for him. Having said that, its it doesn't mean that he has to be anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the fact of the matter is they might just be saving who he is in the real world for a later season or something like that, you know? Yeah. So it's it's interesting that like where you're expecting reveals, you might not get them. Where yeah. you're not expecting reveals, you might get them. You know, well, so it's really interesting.
1: And I and I think this show seems smartly written enough that it will play into its own meta narrative tropes. So, you know, they've they've literally said, Oh, Teddy's got this mysterious backstory and then, you know, a few few episodes later been like, the reason your backstory is mysterious is because we never bothered writing you one and um and you know the man in black is a great example of a character where it's like oh he's this mysterious man in black who is he and and it could quite easily be that they're going to say in the first season like we got no idea who he is we just stuck a cool man in black character in there played by ed harris who you know is played by um yul brenner in the movie and and we'll figure out who he is later in the show um and and i think i uh, the show has earned enough leeway to do that if it wants to do it so i'm Mm really i'm really fascinated to see what what they choose to reveal and what they don't choose to reveal because i think it's all in service of, of this greater these greater themes.
0: Yep, awesome. Uh okay, so next scene we got uh good old Felix the cat and um and Maeve is back again. Yeah. Um, and Felix is explaining to her that he is a human, <laughs> um, just like the guests. <clears throat> and then Maeve brilliant question, how do you know? Yes. Um
1: I, can yeah. i can i just say i feel like The conversation that Felix is having with Maeve here is (laughs) ill-advised. I I, I feel like when a robot wakes up and starts asking questions about how you can tell that they're different from you, that's when you call the boss and you say, "Listen, I'm gonna be honest. I messed up, um, and we we might have like a robot uprising situation on our hands." (laughs) Rather than, I'm,
0: I'm just yeah. I'm just thinking, like Felix, put yourself out there. Like, there's a bar up there, you know. Elsie seems like a good girl, you know. Go, just go, put yourself out there. There's plenty of girls out yeah. there who you could, who might might be interested. You don't they need to be fawning over this post. <laughs> this this running theme
1: of the shop shop <laughs> being full of latent necrophiliacs who just like want, want to want to have sex with beautiful corpses is is very troubling and and you know is quite damning. Indictment of their hiring process for this for this part of the uh, for this part of the park,
0: but feel but Felix is the good one because he is just enamored and infatuated with the what when she's when she's awake. Yeah. yeah, so it's fair enough. Like that's, that's in, in the context of the show, there's nothing too creepy about it, I suppose. But at the same time, come on, Felix, like, what do you do outside of working hours? Yeah, go and go meet someone. You know, yeah. this
1: I I do get that it would be fascinating. I think it is kind of believable. I, I this I will say this kind of plot line with Maeve does it got this got to the most eye rolly bit of the of the episode for me where I was like what they okay I don't think they would have access to do that but um I I I think I could believe someone who is quite low on the totem pole revealing to the set to the now sentient robot that they are mentally superior to humans in every way except for the fact that humans control them which is obviously like that's a that's a why would you say that like don't tell them that they're better than us in every way <laughs> like that's that's a hot, you just doomed us all for <laughs> you said the quiet part loud Felix. what the <laughs> yeah. fuck are you doing but um, um but you know. yeah the, the early bits of this i was like i, I could believe that someone who is you know uh, has uh, like ideas maybe above their current station could become enamoured with a with a um the inner workings yeah. of a host and like become fascinated enough that they would start talking to him. And I, I mean to be honest, in a way he's almost like a reflection of William's character. Because William is doing the same thing where he seems like obviously there's a romantic element to, to, to William's relationship with Dolores, but he's also kind of infatuated with her as a as a host. Um yeah. which I think is is similar to how Felix feels about me.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, 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 I was only joking it. I was only joking generally, but it is pretty funny when you look at it through the lens of he does seem enamored with her. Um. Okay, so what I will say as well is I think the design, like screen design in films can sometimes be crap, you know, sometimes yeah. it be really off base. I really like the flowchart design of how she's choosing what words to say. Yeah. Um, and it's coming up as she's saying, I, I like that. You know, what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, I thought I thought a lot of uh, the, the kind of operating system stuff we saw uh, looked very believable to me, and I, I and I loved the the uh, this, the the part of this scene where Mae is staring at it. That this like kind of learning algorithm picking words mm-hmm. out of her out of her um, her dictionary, I guess um, uh, uh, words that are available to her as she's saying them, and then her just freaking out and kind of shutting down. Um, a great bit of acting from Tandiwe Newton because I think that's exactly what you would do in that situation where where, you, where yeah. you're like everything I'm saying is being like fed to me by this thing that i'm watching it would completely trip you up and probably make give you a mental breakdown
0: yeah exactly um so i yeah i i thought it was really really cool it, it sort of reminded me of that little drama game you play in school sometimes where you sit in a circle and everyone tells a story with one word at a time um you know every, yes, everyone's yeah, going yeah. like going around like that i got i got uh, in
1: trouble at school um because we we played it where you had to write like a sentence at time and when okay. i was about when i was about like 10 or eleven. You know when you know when you're like you're, you're like just before puberty, but you start getting interested in sex. Um, yeah, and and me and a bunch of other people did it, but we did like kind of sexy stuff, but not but like 10, 11 year old sexy stuff. So you don't really know what you're talking about, but you start writing it into stories, and uh, we got <laughs> we got caught by a teacher, and they gave it to our parents, and my mum told me off for 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 writing weird things and <laughs> in a piece of
0: paper That's funny. I got told off one time cuz I stole um whiteboard markers from the teacher. Oh, well, you you were a
1: literal my, criminal. I was just interested in sex, like but,
0: but well, my my mom took me in and I had to give them back and apologize. Although <laughs> on the on in, in terms of sexy talk at school, whenever I was uh, 17, 18 and I was uh, writing my um applications to universities, we had to like write a personal statement and I was writing mine and like <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> yeah i know i know i was in the library writing it um and i wrote like you know after many i can't remember exactly what the wording was but after many years i finally decided that this is the course for me right so i chose mathematics this is the course for me and uh two weeks later after i would handed it in i got called into the room by the teacher and one of the vice principals and uh they gave me my personal statement and said hey, just do us a favor there we, we read that aloud for us and i was like okay and i read it aloud and it said now i and it said after doing lots of thinking or whatever, um, I finally decided that this is the penis for me.
1: <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> uh, okay, so value of
1: proofreading.
0: Yeah. So, um, and, but to be honest with you, the two teachers, they were both laughing their ass off too. And then, so I went back to the library and it was my mate. My mate had went in and changed the <laughs> word while I was away from the computer That's and great. I didn't notice.
1: That's textbook. That's textbook.
0: Um, oh, classic.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, my mine was deliberate as well. So, like, I think mine was worse than yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was head boy of the school, and I was like eighteen years old, that's and yeah. uh, I had to explain to teachers why I had penis in my work. Um, they were just laughing, to be honest with you. They found it funny. Like, penis isn't that bad of a word. Let's be honest. No, no um, that's it's not hot. a bad word at all. Scientific, scientific. Actually, well, we
1: see plenty of them in this episode of Westworld. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do, we do. Sometimes white, sometimes pink. Uh, all right, so Teresa is uh, is. Talking to Bernard. Yes. And um, Ford a knows about us. Yeah, having a talk. They talk- uh, So basically, Teresa wants to break up with Bernard because her objectivity is being brought into question. Uh, well, it will be if they find out. So basically, Teresa says, I value my job above our relationship. And that's it. Finished.
1: <laughs> yep. And, you know, they've grown up about it. They're relatively grown up about it i think um
0: we'll see yeah bernard handles it very well actually I thought. yeah
1: we'll we'll see how this uh we'll see how this develops uh going forward i think i suspect this isn't the last yeah. we've seen of their relationship
0: yeah i like like bernard like is really grown up actually goes to teresa later to tell her some secrets and stuff that he's found out about the park really professional i just imagine in a couple episodes he's just out of bar like what a bitch yeah you know? yeah he's <laughs> sitting next to lee in the bar upstairs just like they're all up <laughs> bunch of wankers
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. try like, <laughs> like like venting their sorrows to tessa thompson
0: <laughs> all right okay so uh felix is back at it again he takes Maeve for a walk around i mean to be fair to felix he is apprehensive about this
1: yeah i i think Maeve's gonna kill this guy <laughs> like i don't i don't, i feel like when the robots start waking up and realizing that they're better than humans don't you know that th- this is they've already got one hand on the fucking skynet nuke button at this point don't walk them around like the rest <laughs> of the park and, and you know like give them all the rest of the information let make them work for it um but i will say like that there's a really kind of beautiful um quite like mournful piece of string music that plays over this uh this scene as mave kind of sees the inner workings of um of, of of the park i guess um it's um i think it's 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 played in contrast to the sort of tense escape music that we had um the first time that she the first time that she got out of um or oh, well, woke up um where you know she was running around with her belly cut open and this time yeah. it's a bit more measured and um, pace but it's a, a really beautiful piece of music and um and this is the bit where i where i was really like oh okay so like she's she's doing a really good job of accepting all of this at face value like not even like just seeing herself on a television screen not to mention the fact she doesn't know what television is it was very much yeah. like okay <laughs> you're doing a good job with all of this so far mate i have to say yeah i think she called it a big screen i'm she like how does she screen? know what a
0: screen is yeah
1: that's a good point yeah like what, how do you even have this the, the this like in your lexicon
0: she must, must have deep down, like, you know, the hosts that are there to, you know, dress the guests when they first get there. She must have, like, some sort of real life thing deep down within her where she sees it. she can kind of perceive what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um. It is strange. It is strange. Um. But yeah, so she does walk around. I thought it was interesting that no one stopped Felix and was like, hey, "Yeah, what's going on? It seemed a bit implausible. To, I, like At that point, I was like, I
1: feel like there's probably going to be some security checks to stop this from happening. Yeah,
0: but at the same time, like, i I actually like that they didn't do that because it, it's so overdone, and it would be so obvious that if they had someone stop him and say, "Who's this?" Is like, oh, this is just a, a little bit of tension. Like this is just a host I'm taking down. All right, be on your way. Right, yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah. that, that happens all the time. I you love know,
1: that. that is exactly how that scene would have gone, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been a waste of everyone's time because they would have yeah. made it through anyway um yeah that's a fair point i i was i was it felt a bit implausible but maybe they just didn't show it to us um the thing so okay the the thing at the end of this scene that did start my brain going um uh, it did it, it did start my eye rolling at the the narrative here was when uh she eventually they are rumbled by sylvester um, yep. And uh, Maeve goes from pretending to be in sleep mode to grabbing a scalpel and threatening him, which yep. implies that Felix has undone her core programming, um, because you know the core programming is supposed to stop you from harming anything. Or I guess, actually, on reflection, maybe it's implying that the voice in her head has
0: undone her core programming. Well, later on, like I will skip skipping ahead here again. Like, but later on, Elsie in her. Um, sort of trip to an old bunker or whatever uh says that there's there's been alterations to some, a lot of hosts and that they may be able to harm guests now. So that that was said later on. Like, yeah, so remember okay. there was like an outside force being being applied. um Yeah, that's, I, I, I that's fair
1: enough. Actually, like because at, at this point I was like, wait, so he has permissions to do like Felix has permissions to do this, but. Um... But yeah, I suppose that makes more sense if it's actually... I love like
0: the idea of Felix just putting, like, Sylvester, he's the only one she can attack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because they had an argument over, like, a sandwich earlier that day, and, and that's, like, that's the scope that-, that Felix is used to dealing
0: with. Oh my god. Yeah, no, but I think it does have to do with Elsie, but we'll get to that later on mm. as well. Um, so, um, Teresa is hanging about. Um, Bernard tra- comes to try and talk to her, I believe, and she just sort of hands him off. Um yeah. it's a very 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 short scene, so, not too much to report. So I mean
1: I had some thoughts about this just be- just briefly, mm-hmm. which is that teresa's talking to someone speaking mandarin, which made me think one of two things. Yeah. E- either China are invested, assuming that China is still uh, you know kind of an authoritarian state at this at this stage. China are Is it definitely mandarin? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was mandarin. Yeah. Like, I'm, okay. I I'm not an expert, but it sounded like mandarin to me. Um okay. But the, so but if if China are invested in this then if it does have military applications they probably wouldn't benefit the us because I don't see America and China cooperating on something which has potentially military uh benefits or the other the other alternative is, is as we find out later in the episode theresa might be up to no good here which although it does seem a bit weird for her to be like you know just openly on a call to yeah. to like industrial espionage contacts in china in the middle of the in the middle of like her office so maybe this is just a board member but um it did set a, like it's, I, I, this is this is a, a sign of how um of how indoctrinated i've been into like the, the western way of thinking that as soon as i see someone speaking like chinese or russian in any one of these shows i'm like well that's a villain like that's that's,
0: <laughs> that's good exactly exactly and yeah. and i was actually thinking to myself like I, 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 i'm not gonna tell you what happens in season two or three or obviously but i'm just like potentially a way this show could be really terrible is if you like turn it into like a commie versus capitalists you know america versus china yeah. like if, if you if you have like you know they've got these super soldiers on uh in china they like you know and like they sort of turn it into it into a thing of like you know the whole like stereotypical view of like you know like people doing the government's will and stuff Uh, that might be a way that the show screws up Uh, we'll wait and see but I I will say this scene
1: goes in some interesting directions in implying that maybe other parks exist so who knows
0: what was the actual language of that well
1: so later on in this scene when um, oh, it's not really even this scene but when Teresa goes to Lee um, up on the I think they call it the Mesa Mm -hmm. bar or something yeah Um, excuse me um and you know we go through Lee Lee talks about his raw pulp of truth and all of and just talks absolute nonsense about about you know how how much of himself he's put into his narrative um and then Teresa says to him uh that the board will be looking for Ford's replacement replacement and it won't be here which mm. maybe implies that there are other similar parks around the world uh where they will be looking for Ford's replacement maybe i've misread that but that was my interpretation
0: all right. Okay. Well, I I, I I interpreted that as they would be looking in the Mesa bar. Oh, maybe. That's that's I, this is as simple as that.
1: Maybe maybe I've maybe I've read too much into that. <laughs> I, I I went down a big old rabbit hole with that one. I was like, oh, does China have their own one? That's you know like doing <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms style stuff or or, or something. But. Um,
0: it's really interesting though because if there does at some point this show end up being a a second park you will look back at this thing i was bloody right yeah i'm holding on to that
1: one that's in the theory matrix and i'm holding on to it
0: (laughs) but okay well that's fine that's sort of like an uh, an octopus in the oa one isn't it because i i honestly believe they were talking about not in the mesa bar like you know (laughs) (laughs) you're
1: just short-sighted that's what you are (laughs) yeah yeah you can't see the wood for the trees.
0: Yeah exactly uh, Okay so Lee does what Lee does best And he explains his creativity being flaccid now He can't get it up He's the, he he's says.
1: just the worst he, I, <laughs> I hate the fact he's the only English character in this
0: Oh god But uh, no it's pretty representative To be honest with you but, um, How dare you <laughs> um, So also Yeah so they look for a replacement He's getting drunk We'll come back to the Mesa bar later Because it does become more relevant later in yes. a funny way Yeah. Um, okay so here we go it's guy love between two guys oh. here they are uh we've got uh man in black we've got teddy um i like the the the, the phrase the phraseology i'll use the word phraseology here of the man in black what he says looks like robert gave you a bit more v- extra vinegar right
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um, i also i love but like be- before shit hits the fan in this scene um where Teddy is is recognised and they are they are kind of taken prisoner. Um, I love the revisiting of uh, that the Man in Black does of Teddy making peace with past indiscretions um, because we know that they don't actually exist. So it's just like mm-hmm. it's just the Man in Black has this really interesting way about him of engaging with the narrative in quite a genuine way, even though like he he can he views some hosts commitment to their own, uh, you know, narrative arcs with a certain amount of disdain. Sometimes, you know, he, he wants to free them of, of those shackles, but at the same time, you know, he, he, he talks to Teddy here, just like, know, yeah, you got to move on from those past indiscretions. <laughs> and it's like, there aren't any past indiscretions. He didn't do anything. Like he was just a robot until 10 years ago. And, 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 uh, or he, he was, he was nothing until 10 years ago. And then they just made up some background for him.
0: Um, 10 days ago, even. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was literally like, really recently yeah. that they gave him the Wyatt backstory. Oh, well, yeah, so, for the Wyatt stuff. Yeah,
1: definitely. So, I mean, it's, it's just so it's so funny that he is willing to engage with
0: Teddy on that kind of narrative level. Um, but, it, but it definitely interesting, works. Yeah. It's interesting, though. I want to question you there, actually. So do you think this Wyatt thing is 100% made up? And obviously, it does lead into the, the, the way that the show's been going. Or do you think that Ford is actually just... Allowing Teddy to maybe get visions of his past, like Mave is also getting. I feel like I, we haven't
1: actually seen anything saying how old a host Teddy is, have
0: we? Not really, no.
1: I feel like it would make sense. I mean, you know, they 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 they've talked a lot about how much it costs to get these hosts up and running. So, I think it's Elsie. <coughs> Excuse me. I think it's Elsie in this episode. Who says that it costs like ten thousand dollars? So, or it might be Felix, but one of one of the people in, in the part it says it costs like ten thousand dollars to get their personalities right. So the implication there is that once they've got one, they're going to keep using them over and over again. Yeah. And, it, and if you and we know they keep their memories, so if they're gonna if they already have the memories, it probably makes sense to try and you know feed those memories back into existing narratives just to save yourself some time. So that's probably what's happening with Wyatt.
0: Yeah. So it makes me think that maybe the man in black. Maybe he knows that this there is some truth to the Wyatt storyline potentially, but then again, but actually he has also said that he's never seen it before. So,
1: yeah, yeah, he seems he seemed un- unsure where that was going, but mm. it could it could just be a genuine engagement with this like mysterious backstory that Teddy has on like a pretty surface level. Maybe he does know a bit more about it that he's letting on though.
0: Yeah, maybe. Okay, so uh, they <laughs> do a um. Hitman Three job, they they take a few fellas, they knock them out, put them yep. in a put them in a sack, and they take their uniforms. Although the man in black does not change his hat. Yeah,
1: that's... I come on, Ed. <laughs> like, like that's not a
0: that's not a union soldier's hat. You're giving the game away here. It's funny that he isn't the one he's even recognised. It's Teddy yeah. gets recognised. Uh, the- Thea Theodore Flood. It's Flood, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then they get taken and strung up. Um, yeah, t- Teddy just like else. opens
1: up as well. Like um, as soon as as soon as like he gets recognised, he just st- he even takes the man in black back a little bit. Like he starts <laughs> shooting, and the man in black's like, "What are you
0: doing?" Yeah, because the man man in black doesn't want Teddy to die, so he's trying to sort of go through peacefully. Yeah. If he was just by himself, he'd literally just be going through killing everyone. Like, yeah. but uh, he doesn't want Teddy to die, so they're sort of trying to be as as peaceful as possible. But then Teddy obviously opens up a can of whoop-ass on these guys (laughs) yes he does um all right so next up we get the debut of the apparent board member uh, who we've been waiting she is yep valkyrie herself yeah um lovely to see yep so she's like the board member potentially that they were referring to in a few episodes ago yeah Um, i think she was so she's but she's arrived now to oversee everything obviously lee sizemore does not know this at this point uh and he sees, you know, a, a nice-looking woman at the bar. He thinks, you know what? I'll go and have a chat. Um, in a very his bravado is dialed up to twenty. Let's his, say his flirting
1: uh, is abhorrent. As, as all I've <laughs> written here, it is some of the worst flirting I've ever seen. Um, it's not helped by the fact that he's drunk. Although we do actually get um some interesting, um, well, an interesting tidbit of information here because I think he he says like the suits at Devros or something, which is Delos. What, what was the name? Sorry. Dallos. Dallos. okay D l o s i'm gonna change it in the notes now
0: we have heard that name before okay
1: i've not caught that before but i guess that's the name of the company who like owns a controlling uh, uh, stake in in westworld um yeah maybe maybe the company that william and um, and uh and what's his face uh work for logan yeah logan that's it I think that yeah, so, so it, it would have to be that. Like, it would be so weird for them to give us a company name and it for not to be the company that we're. All right, like you've got
0: before. it. You, you, you've got it. So that that is where we heard it before. Logan mentioned the name of their company. And oh, it was did he? Dallas. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so that is that is the name of the company. It's I think it's mentioned a couple of times even after. Here. I think Elsie mentions it later in this episode too. They're so, sort of really starting to mention that quite a bit. Yeah. Um. So we'll come back to uh this character a little later on because um she comes back in a big way yes lee obviously lee doesn't really he, he sort of i wouldn't say fully strikes out here but i think there was never any chance of any success because she is just sort of laughing at this yeah. guy uh and she, i think she enjoys the cringe of the fact that she knows who she is but yeah. he doesn't you know but
1: can i just say as well like if, if lee seems to think at least that he has upward mobility in this company and he's pretty high <laughs> on the part the totem pole if if you are interested in you know ascending to the highest ranks of a company, might be a good idea to know who the board members are of of the, of the company, so you don't accidentally make a drunken fool of yourself in front of one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Lee Lee distracts me as the, as one of the guys who just like sort of doesn't do any, does everything for himself. Doesn't te- he's not a team player at all. Just goes and gets pissed at the bar. Really shows himself as a real dickhead around town. But then still still believes that he's the most important man and yeah. he, he should be getting all the promotions. He ties the no, narrative
1: it. together. Like without him, yeah. this place falls apart.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he is the glue. Um, okay, so Elsie goes to Bernard and mm. says uh, the data is timestamped. We're gonna find uh, who's doing it. Um, and then Elsie sort of implies that Teresa's gonna be the first head to roll uh, whenever this all gets yeah get gets gets outed. She also then leaves and. Uh, and like, delete. You know, uh, I don't know, actually know. That's later on. But when she's leaving, she like hangs up on Bernard. There's a lot of hanging up going there on. There is, in this so that, and a
1: lot of a lot of people not taking phone calls that they probably should take. Um, in yeah. in this episode, I, I I find it interesting. This is kind of an aside, but we didn't mention it in the conversation that Bernard and Teresa had. But there's a lot of Bernard's trying to like defend the status quo in this episode, which yeah. I find interesting. So in the previous scene where Teresa broke up with him she talked to him about how Ford's leadership has been um temperamental or not as good as it used to be and he defends mm-hmm. Ford and says doesn't think Ford is the problem and then here Elsie is saying he thinks Teresa oh she thinks Teresa has um has a lot to answer for in terms of these security breaches in the park and again Bernard defends Teresa so it's interesting mm-hmm. that he's he, he he seems to be a very neutral character, Bernard. Like he seems to want to mediate and keep things exactly as they are. Which, given my mm-hmm. theory that he's somehow working with Arnold or Arnold is working through him as a host, um, seems. I don't know if that necessarily like makes me think uh, that theory is 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 correct or not. But it's certainly that there's a there's a kind of balance to him. That I would expect of someone who maybe sits at the centre of a maze um, and uh, maintains all things around them, which is a kind of what I started thinking of his character as this episode went on.
0: Well, perhaps Bernard is the man at the middle of the maze.
1: Well, I, I mean, he could be. I don't think. I think it's Arnold, but I, I think Arnold is speaking through Bernard somehow.
0: So yeah, you've mentioned that before. So
1: I, I, and I, I just feel like that he's such a neutral entity. That, mm-hmm. that that kind of, in my head, that's where that, that places Bernard in that position. He's mu- much more neutral than anyone else we, we've seen. Um, so I'm kind of expecting it to be him, or at least for him to be very heavily involved in that center of the maze thing.
0: Okay, interesting. Um, he goes and talks to a worker in the main sort of red room and uh, just gets confirmation that there is no works or narratives going on out in the sector where he saw those hosts. Yes. So he goes out and has a inspection himself, finds a little lovely English cottage. Can, um, I'd just
1: like to point out, uh, I as soon as I saw this, I was like, that countryside looks like Britain, and that looks like a British country house. And wouldn't you know it, I, I've seen I've seen enough episodes of Midsummer Murders to recognise uh, the, the the British countryside, and here we are in in good old I guess it's Scotland, based on where his dad's host is is from. But I don't actually know. I
0: love I love the fact that you're from England, live in England, probably have been to the countryside a lot, but you recognise the countryside from Midsummer Murders.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I have to I have to tie it back to you know the hot, the hot the hot the hot television property midsummer murders that definitely all of our international listeners will have seen
0: yeah yeah yeah, you, yeah you've got to like that'll give you some street cred yeah um <laughs> all right he goes inside we've got a family in there um two brothers uh and there's also uh the mother and dad mum and dad uh and there's really cool like so obviously uh First of all, he asks, "Is this Arnold?" Um, yeah. So Bernard says, "Are you Arnold?" And he says, uh, "No, who's that, or whatever." And he sort of threatens him, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I am going to jump forward briefly here because later on in this scene, when Ford turns up, he says they're quite harmless. Uh, they don't seem that harmless based on <laughs> based on what this angry Scottish host uh, does to does to Bernard, um, and we find out, you know, later in this scene that that the Arnold built these so ford can't bring himself to destroy mm-hmm. them perhaps for sentimental reason perhaps for 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 a more uh a more practical one um but i i feel like this sentimentality preserving this maybe ties back into why he didn't want to destroy um uh, lawrence's village uh or town earlier in the episode i i, I don't know exactly why but um it seems like his sentimentality only extends as far as things that Arnold directly touched, which is the case here as well.
0: There's also the sentimentality that this is his family well, as well. Yeah,
1: that's oh Yeah, although he has a I'm gonna say now he has an odd relationship with himself in <laughs> in this situation. Boy. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> he also he also like made sure that his father was an alcoholic like real life as well. Which yeah. I I, I, I makes sense to me, but at the same time, what if that's the case, like if you have these demons, what why would you want to preserve them? You know, it's it's interesting. Like he has a weird fascination with the past. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, I th- I think the the impression I get from Anthony Hopkins' performance as he looks at himself and his family in the in 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 these scenes and and, later, and other scenes with with his younger self is that for him it's a form of catharsis to recreate and view it kind of mutually as a spectator. You know, to just look at his father's alcoholism, and I guess it's kind of implied. Maybe his father was a bit violent as well. I mean, it it, it se- this seems like a. I don't actually understand the ta- the setting of this, to be honest, because hmm. as as I reflect on it, like this is like a early twentieth century or, or maybe early mid like thirties forties, <coughs> excuse me, twentieth century house and and dress, um, and I don't think that ford is like 500 years old which implies that westworld is happening in i don't know round about the same time that the show is actually airing i guess
0: mm, that's a good that's a, that's a, <coughs> so yeah I, that is that is a, that is an interesting uh, observation actually because in the past they've said things that would imply to you there's some sort of futuristic element going on yeah but maybe we're just living in a sort of slightly tech advanced modern day yeah potentially
1: yeah um but I've, I've now lost my train of what I was saying before. But I think Ford definitely views this as as a, as a means to a means to kind of like analyze himself and his own past, and and you know he tries to recreate it perfectly. Um, but yeah, on reflection, that is interesting that this is clearly probably round about the time that Anthony Hopkins himself would have been born. Um,
0: yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, unless unless um, Arnold, when he made these guys um sort of decided like it would be weird to have people from the 2020s in in this place who knows or maybe Uh, five hundred years old (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, maybe maybe he is um well there is a way he could be 500 years old but Mm. we'll not talk about that um so basically this is uh a first shot at sort of how the uh the heads of these older hosts open up um there was no way this wasn't gonna be
1: creepy there's no way they weren't gonna make this
0: creepy
1: (laughs) Like a face opening up is always going to be an upsetting experience. Um, I thought it looked great though. I thought it looked really, really cool, um, and um, I I don't know if this is better or worse. Like I I, I feel like I I kind of love that the the these things are like explicitly mm-hmm. robotic. I really liked seeing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool too, and I like I like they didn't do the the the, the classic robots with like just wires underneath. I think yeah. like in the old Westworld film, I think that's what they did in that. But this is like proper like mechanical, you know. It's just it's almost steampunky in a way, you know. Yeah. It looks, it's 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 quite nice. Um, all right, so the big reveal. Um, Lee Sizemore pisses everywhere. First of all, he just pisses all over everything. Yeah, um, he's he's not a he's not a, for a man who's who's a, he's, he's one of the heads of narrative. He's not a—he's not really a uh, a metaphorical guy. He just wants to literally piss on everything. Yeah. Um, I I honestly
1: thought that that um, that the lesser Hemsworth was going to shoot him in this scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot him because you got blood and piss everywhere. Yeah,
1: that's a fair point. It would have been a real mess. And also, Tessa, Tessa Thompson's just made her appearance. It would have been a bad first impression for for, for Thor to <laughs> to just k- kill the head of narrative. <laughs> Well, you
0: never know, maybe she would have appreciated yeah, a it, threat. actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pissing everywhere. Yeah. And it, it makes me think, like, can you imagine, like, back whenever we were talking about, when I first watched the show, I was like, hang on, this isn't, like, a miniature world, is it? Can you imagine if it was, and then this guy's just pissing all over it? Like, oh, that'd <laughs> be great. Like, Gulliver's tra-
1: travels, like, cuts to, <laughs> like, it starts raining on William and Dolores, and they're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Uh... Very asparagusy, but um, another road yeah. not taken for Westworld. I can already see they're not doing Looney Tunes. They're not doing Gulliver's Travels. What are you? What are you doing, J.J. Abrams?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. That's the thing about J.J. Abrams. I don't know how much actually involvement he had. No, but
1: listen, J- if your name's at the end of the credits, you're the one I'm going to criticize for this. Even if it was Jonathan Nolan and um, I can't remember the name of the lady who um, who worked on this. Um, oh
0: it's gone i can't remember either but i think there are a couple in real life yeah. apparently someone said but like if jj abrams I mean, maybe are not actually i think someone said that in the comments
1: if he's gonna stick himself at the end of the credits like the big name at the end of the credits he's the one i'm gonna criticize for this
0: <laughs> yeah i like i like the idea i love the idea like the jj abrams his real name is like john smith or something and he's like nah nah if i'm gonna have my name on things it's and just my name it's the most important it needs to be something cool like jj yeah. abrams you know yeah something memorable um you know because these days he doesn't seem to do much to be honest with you uh okay so next scene we've got uh bernard looking through all the first generation hosts yep. there's a little cameo of dolores on the yeah, screen she popped might up. I,
1: I didn't see who the first one was which annoyed me um i didn't rewind it but um yeah dolores definitely in there which i think we maybe already knew i'm not sure
0: we definitely knew she was can you imagine if he's scrolling through and you just like see the man in black's face there
1: oh <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great like, <laughs> like he just lit like all these all these characters in the show that are just hosts so we don't know it yet and this is just a massive spoiler for the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah and then they still do a proper reveal like in two seasons time yeah. or something um, okay so that's you know he's, he's sort of doing a little research into, into the hosts uh, we go back to um, man in black mm-hmm. uh, he's tied up um to a wheel teddy is going to get branded with the symbol of the maze um so it's it's interesting to me because i think what i gathered from that like this is like the symbol of wyatt's gang or something like that yeah and it it seems like these guys are branding members of wyatt's gang with this so everyone will know that that's what they are that's what it seems like because why else would they care about the symbol
1: yeah i think i think that must be the case It 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 must be Something that sh- I mean, I think, uh, from from you know, like kind of a meta perspective, this symbol is just being like kind of strong-armed into every part of the narrative. Yes. Mm-hmm. To to keep it um keep it prevalent for for anyone who might be on the trail. But I think yeah, for uh, in 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 like in terms of what how, what it actually means within the narrative, I think it is like a symbol of Wyatt's gang or something like that. Um, which. Based on how these Union soldiers looked when they turned up, it doesn't seem like they've been that successful in catching that many of them, to be honest. So, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. wonder... Oh, actually, there were some bodies. There were some bodies that they were chucking away. I don't know whether they, that, that was their men or, um, or Wyatt's men. But, yeah...
0: I, 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 oh, he said it was what Wy- well, I think Teddy did a little thing where he said it was it's Doing like it well, wasn't enough to kill men; he had to maim them.
1: Well, so he says that when he looks at the dude with a missing eye and the guy had his hands cut off, which is oh, yeah. which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> like, what's that guy going to do as a soldier now? Like, get send that guy <laughs> home. But um, but then there was a bunch of people like tossing bodies, body bags into a into a mass grave, which made yeah it, there was some sort of battle. Yeah, but um, but yeah, they're trying to brand Teddy, um, but. It doesn't happen. Doesn't, doesn't play out the way they think it's going to.
0: Yeah. Um okay, so Teddy gets on the Gatling gun like we saw yeah. and he just starts mowing them down. This is, um, this is
1: your uh, this is your Django moment, uh your 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 moment of violent catharsis for Teddy. <laughs> like all all the all the, the times he's been embarrassed, all, all the you know, all the times he's been humiliated, he just guns down like fifty people.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um it is a bit overkill, to be honest with you, but he he was right. They probably would have followed him. So just to get him out of the way, he yep. probably did the right thing. Um, I mean, Felix and to have a lot of work to do. Let's just say that. Um, all right. So question to you. Yep. Anthony Hopkins is a man of many skills. He's an actor. Yes. He's a mask maker. He's a man of many skills. <laughs> did he make the mask? Throwing a ball from one hand to the other is not one of those oh my skills.
1: God. I'm so <laughs> glad that you have brought this up because... <laughs> this is this is I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say something potentially controversial here. This is the worst ball acting I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life of watching movies and and television. Unbelievable! The la- it's it's like it's like at no point is he confident that he's got the ball under control. So it's just like. Yeah. Like, like, kind of like, like, doing this. Like, it's like it's, it's giving him static electric shocks as he's catching it, and he has to get. I can see
0: it. the calculation of the x and y coordinate of <laughs> each hand as he's doing it. Oh, like, it's... this one's a one two. This one's a minus three minus four. Yeah, unbelievable. You
1: know? Like, someone, someone on set should have been like, Anthony, just, just lose the ball. It's not, <laughs> it's not helping the scene at all. Um... Oh my god. I couldn't believe Very
0: it. Very robotic, actually, ironically. Very robotic. It is, isn't yeah.
1: It? I, I was thinking that as well. I was like, hold on. Is he 500 years old? <laughs> 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 like, Is he, is he a so host? So stupid. Is he himself a host?
0: Unfortunately, the uh, the hilariousness of him throwing the ball back and forth between his hands is is lost. Jock. Oh. Jock is it's overshadowed because Jock is has been killed. Um, yeah. Now, there will be an inquiry, which we'll catch up with later. But, but uh, Jock was a lovely dog and he's gone now. So. He wasn't
1: that lovely. I mean he he was he was a wild beast a, a, wild, a, beast. a, a, a wild beast uh who <laughs> <laughs> who kills kills rabbits i think he kills i can't remember what it is he goes after yeah
0: yeah rabbits we don't like him he's a greyhound of yeah, course he's chasing I mean, I, rabbits listen, That's what they
1: my, do. my my aunt has owned several greyhounds and they have all come back with like birds and squirrels and rabbits because it's like well you know they, they run at like 1000 miles an hour like they're so fast
0: well, what's interesting is a few episodes ago, uh, Ford was actually talking about it, uh, uh, like asking the story when a greyhound finally gets the rabbit. What does it do with it? it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, and then here we have a younger version of Ford uh, with a greyhound who got a rabbit, and then the younger version of Ford just killed the greyhound. Yeah, you know? so that's so, why
1: I think like this is almost catharsis for him because he's literally recreating an actual event that happened between him and uh, him and Tommy and and their dog um, in the park. Which, I mean, it sounds like quite a painful memory, so it's an odd thing for him to actively recreate.
0: It's interesting that, actually, because he does seem quite shocked by it happening. Um, so I, I don't know, if I, I think I'm in, on the fence in terms of him choosing to recreate this, but I, I mm. can see that 100%. But Anthony Hopkins acting there made me think that he sort of was interested as to how that happened, you know? Yeah, but maybe he's maybe he's... A, Maybe he's questioning within himself. But I think it might even just be the fact that... Because I think that he says later on... Actually, let's just skip to it now. may as well. He says... He says... The young young Robert says that um, Arnold... The voice of Arnold in his mind told him to do it. Yeah. Um, Which implies to me that this is the influence of Arnold still in the park. And therefore, this event wasn't from Ford's past. It actually is like this new occurrence which is coming about as a result of this voice. That we've also heard from Elsie doing her little... um, her little uh what do you call it um the, well, investigation investigations the, yeah we'll come back to that, that talking about yeah so Ill. her investigations that's there that has been there's a voice being uh What's... put out into the park for the hosts to hear
1: but so well you don't think the the story he told old bill about the dog is is true at all and it's it's all part of arnold's creation or just this particular version of it where it's being depicted in, in between
0: well i just think that i, I thought the, the 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 dog story was more along the lines of a just a metaphor, you know, just like a, he's telling a metaphor, like you know, like when when a greyhound catches a rabbit, what does it do? You yeah, know, I I, I, we- I think
1: there is some truth to that. I definitely think, and, and and you know, I think it's it's also it's telling that when we find out what young Ford has been told to do by Arnold, it, it so essentially you've got to kill things before they do damage to others. You've got to kill these malicious things. The question then becomes: Okay, who else is Arnold commanding to do that, and who is he commanding them to kill? Um, because you mm-hmm. know you've got it in this this kind of yeah. <clears throat> small, you know, violent but relatively innocent context of a dog and a rabbit. But yeah, yeah. it begs the question: You know, there's other hosts he's talking to. Uh, who are who are the violent people that those hosts are being told to told to purge?
0: Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening. I could, I could see, like, you know, Arnold sway in the park leading to... That sort of builds into the May thing, doesn't it? That's why she yeah. can sort of attack Sylvester, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay, so we'll sort of do all this at one go then, I think. The Elsie <laughs> and Bernard stuff. Yeah. So Elsie is away getting information. She has a lot of information. Yeah. Like, the, the someone's voice is being put, uh, broadcast to the hosts. Um. She find, she sort of thinks that it's Teresa that's up to it. And yeah. Meanwhile, Bernard is actually talking to to Teresa, uh, and he accepts a call from Elsie. And I think he thought I don't know if Bernard actually thought that there was going to be a physical person who was who was in, involved in this. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I still don't think it's a physical person who's involved in, okay, okay. <laughs> in this. I think it's a, it's a consciousness, or you know, maybe a very very complicated AI or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I think Arnold is I, I think Arnold the human is dead i think that that part of the story is true um and i think he's he's communicating to the park some other way um so this was very tonally weird for not not weird i don't want to say weird because that implies i didn't like it um but it was like a it was like a kind of early 2000s horror movie this with like elsie going off to this like abandoned theater Full of like creepy yeah. masks going through like a beaded partition, like she's headed to the porn section of a video rental store in in, in, in the late 90s. Um, and just yeah, like on her own in this creepy ass theater. Where it's a bit like I it's difficult in scenes like this because I'm like, I, I know that this situation is creepy, so like I'm and I'm, you know, in that context, I'd be like, Elsie, why haven't you brought someone with you here? <laughs> but, but but I suppose in her, in, from her position. She probably doesn't feel under threat, so she doesn't doesn't feel the need to bring anyone with her. Um, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, you know, you could see you could see where this this little storyline was going a million miles away with all the shots, you know, of Elsie's back moving slowly from behind. It's like, well, someone's gonna grab her, obviously. <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't born yesterday, <laughs> guys. Come on, I've seen a I've seen a movie before. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that that is as it turns out what happened. Now I. She 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 does she does uh she does point the finger at Teresa,
0: which is kind the of the classic information dump before getting killed. Yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, and it and, and it does make it it does make me wonder that that this is uh the 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 like pointing the finger at Teresa was kind of what made me go back to Teresa talking to that character who was speaking Mandarin and and kind of retroactively assess what might have been going on there just because you know she was smuggling stuff out. But as I say, I think it's a bit unlikely. That she would have been conducting industrial espionage literally in her office surrounded by other people. Yeah. It seems seems unwise. Um so, but it begs the question who's she smuggling it out to? That's my that's my thoughts. Oh I mean is she being framed as well? She doesn't sit se- mm. she doesn't seem I, I feel like the way, what we've seen of Teresa, she seems very hard, but she seems like a very principled woman. Um you know, she wouldn't she wouldn't bend to lee's demands to you know sell mm. out ford um when he was like "Oh, ford shit he we need to get rid of him and it could be you and she was like no that's not like uh that uh, that's not something i'm going to do so it seems it doesn't actually seem very in character for her to commit industrial espionage which makes me think maybe she's being framed here
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I think I read read her character in a similar way to you. So it's, it's interesting. We'll see what happens. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's also like, any predictions about who attacked Elsie? Um.
1: Hmm.
0: Doesn't have to be anyone we know. It could just be like, you know, just henchmen or something.
1: Uh, I'm going to... Mm, it's either going to be a... It's either going to be a, a big twist, and it's going to be like Bernard who attacked her, or it's going to be like security man. That's going to be those are my two. Those are my two. Uh, my my two guesses.
0: Someone's turn and heel is what you mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I feel like some, we're getting a heel turn here.
0: Um, I don't. Okay, well that could be the prediction if you want. Just to predict, like a general, <laughs> say like, uh, you know, a heel turn is what you know. Like that could be the prediction. Okay, nice. I'll put.
1: I'll put. Bernard heel turn in, <laughs> in line with the
0: question
1: mark <laughs> um, or Bernard Thor slash Thor heel turn question mark. We'll remember okay. what that means. I was, I was trying to give
0: it to you much more generally than that, but we'll go with those two. I've got, That's put okay.
1: it, I've got to put it. I've got it in there because, like I said, the names they're out in the ether now. I can't retract them now, but but um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like Bernard. There's not really any reason for him to do it, except that it would be interesting for her to, for the person that she trusts um, to do this to be the one who's actually. Fucking around mm-hmm. with stuff I, I i feel like bernard is kind of my in a in a in a in a series of puzzles where you've got lots of uh square pegs and round holes uh holes mm-hmm. rather bernard is kind of this like malleable shaped thing that i can just stuff into as many of them as i want to because i've convinced myself that he's like more than he seems
0: uh but he's a bit too milk toast at the minute yeah he needs to have some something there's there's
1: something bernard is going is is gonna be important one way or another he's got enough screen time that it's like okay he's important and he doesn't really seem that important right now so he's either going full bad guy or something's something's happening uh to to him so we'll see we'll see what what it is
0: yep okay uh so just to end the episode then we have a couple a little bit more of like the uh Maeve with uh, the two cats, mm. and um, they're talking about the atri- this is the attribute matrix part. Oh my god! Um, bit, sh-
1: this bit, yeah, this is the bit where I was like, "Who? What?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> like, Let's make some changes." Yeah, she wants to make. Some oh changes. my god! I was just like, okay. "Well, I mean, first off, if 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 playing games online has taught me anything, it's that if you give people the choice." to pick their own attributes, they will max out every single one. <laughs> like it's, yeah, 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 no, 100%. Be, I, if I was doing this, it'd be like strength, 100, intelligence, 100, toughness, They're out of 20. Oh, well, they're D&D scores then, nice. So yeah, strength, 20, yeah. intelligence, 20, dexterity, 20, you know, whatever. Put, bump them all up. Let's see what <laughs> Let's see what happens. Um, yep. Yeah, so th- this this is the moment, and I get it. I get why they're doing it because it gets Maeve to where we need her to be for her story to go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not the end of the world, but this was the moment where I had to be like, I had to just take a step back and be like, you know what, I'm just going to accept this at face value. So I get that the Chop Shop guys can activate hosts, they can deactivate them, they can wipe their memories. Um, Maeve says that because, you know, she understands that they like to have sex with the hosts, essentially, and that's a- <laughs> <laughs> And that's a useful thing for them to be able to do. Um, yeah, <laughs> Which I will say, does make me feel a little bit sorry for the guy that Elsie tried to uh, blackmail um, uh, in the previous episode. Because is that suggesting that the host he was having sex with was awake and, like, alive and, you know, I guess consenting?
0: I think that person was just too much of a fool. I think what Mae was implying here is that, like, Sylvester actually does alter the... um the memories because he would do it when they're awake oh, okay. I think Fine. yeah because like Sylvester knows how to do this whereas that other guy doesn't yeah. and he was really surprised whenever, <laughs> whenever guy, else yeah. he told him that
1: guy was just having sex with the body which is gross um yeah. so okay I get, I get that they have like some limited access to change things about the host but the idea that these jabronis have access to change like the core attributes of a host is ridiculous and I, I, I was kind of like no, I don't buy this at all. Like, as soon as as soon as you put up like the bulk apperception of uh, beyond the park mandated limits, it should just be like, no, you can't do that. This needs like, this needs someone. Well, I
0: think that Sil- Sylvester was saying that like they 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 shouldn't do it, and as soon as someone else was also active on the on her account, he was like, oh my god, we need to stop, we need to stop. So yeah, it does seem like if it is this taboo for them to be doing it. Then why on earth are they able to do it? Dude? Yeah,
1: like th- there's just there would be security in place to stop this from happening. Um, so that it was a bit dumb. I don't want to. I don't want to like go on about it too much because it's just like it's just a stupid like hacking thing where you just have to be like, okay, here you're changing all the traffic lights in New York, Timothy elephant in Die Hard, <laughs> for whatever. <laughs> I don't care. But um, but it's just in a, in a show where like I've bought into most of the technical stuff that stood out to me as a little bit dumb. But still. Where is Timothy Oliphant in this show, just by the way? If it's about if it's about Cowboys, oh, why is he not in it? He's gotta be in it somewhere. There's gotta be a justified <laughs> area of Westworld where Timothy Oliphant is just wandering around in his hat shooting people.
0: <laughs> I think it's so funny that the way his career's gone, like I just I love the idea of him. He's in he's in uh, Deadwood. He's in Justified, and then like uh, Quentin Tarantino's like yeah, like Popman. Yep. Popman is a cowboy. Yeah. Uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he really is just like this this generation's like cowboy guy. Yeah. Which is it's it was
1: just odd because when you look at it, like his early movie career, he wasn't that at all. Like he played like Agent the girl Four. next door. Yeah. He was in the girl next door as like the scumbag like porno guy, oh, and then he was yeah. in like Hitman as Agent Forty Seven. Uh, you know he was he was the bad guy in Die Hard Four. And then he was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna be a cowboy now. <laughs> just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fair enough. You know, we should all be so lucky. Um, look forward to that in season two. Timothy Oliphant showing up with the with the the monstars and the Toon squads to do the, the <laughs> space jam world.
0: All right. Okay. So her bulk app perception is up all the way. Yep. We'll have to keep an eye on that. To see where we go uh, next time. Mm. Conrad, what do you think? We go into the roundup now. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, IMDb rating is eight point nine. What do you think?
1: Um, i th- I think this was, wa- mm, I think it's one of the weaker ones, and I say that purely because there were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, "That's a bit dumb." Um, I think narratively it's still really strong. The acting is great. The music is great. the The general presentation is great. So I'm really, to be honest, I'm splitting hairs when I'm when I'm mm-hmm. criticizing episodes in this season because they're all really good. I would say you know maybe an 8 or something like that like still a very good episode but I think slightly weaker than the others just because to get some of the characters to where they needed them to be they had to go through some dumb techno mumbo jumbo stuff to to get there and it, and it st- stood out to me but still I I I I can't wait to see where Teddy and Man in Black go that's the bromance I didn't know I needed but um but I'm loving what a what an upgrade from Lawrence as well um, as you know, as as a character, Teddy is um, no Dolores at all in this episode. So I'm expecting her to come back mm. in a big way. Um, but but, she, but no we,
0: Dolores, we, William or Logan. Interesting. Mm,
1: but we got a lot of Maeve. So that was a that that's Maeve. It, it seems like Maeve and Dolores are never allowed to exist in the same episodes together. Um,
0: what does that mean? <laughs> are they
1: the same person? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Could be. They just go through a very, yeah. very rigorous costume change every time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think my feelings on this episode are the same as yours, actually. So it, it, I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy it, obviously, but it, it had, it was, it was actually what, what authors call the marathon in the middle. You know, it's mm. sort of the. It's sort of every a lot of the setup's already been done, yes, there's some stuff sort of been revealed as along the way, but this is very much the don't lose the audience before the end moments, you know what i mean yeah. it's it's it is sort of developing the plot lines, but there isn't this you don't you're not you don't have the the favor of the new world anymore we're in the world, we know it now, so yeah. we're not it's not the new world anymore and you don't you're not really revealing huge things so it's a it is a bit of a marathon in the middle i still enjoyed it i still yeah. did but i do think it's one of the weaker ones yeah, to be honest, a-
1: yeah. absolutely I, I think it's telling as well that they, that they didn't have any of those like traditional western narratives really going on in this episode they kind of very much stepped away from that um which wasn't necessarily a bad mm. thing it was just notable that that kind of split of here's your traditional western story and here's the crazy tech stuff going along with it that that wasn't really what they were doing in this episode it was a lot more of like here's the intrigue behind the park
0: um yeah cuz even in the westerny style storyline with teddy and all it was it was really the fact that he's a host and he's been sort of given a little bit of extra vinegar yeah. coming through it was all still sort of very meta viewing of the park it yeah. wasn't really yeah bedding into the storyline I get but I get what you mean yeah right what about some theories then um okay so we got I mean we've gone
1: through them but I'll reiterate them again. So I think the yeah, cent- just just to get them in black and white here. Yeah. Centre of the maze and the mapish thing that we're seeing as a person. I I'm saying it's Arnold. That's my that's my guess on that. I haven't actually written Arnold, but you know what? I'm going to do it now for posterity. Um Okay. But but potentially not in the form of the actual human Arnold as he as he once existed. Um I I have written in here that I think there are other parks around the world. Um we shall see. Um, I think Teresa is being framed for the satellite jobby um, and uh, okay. Bernard slash Thor heel turn. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll see.
0: We, we saw that theory in real time coming to pass there. But, um, yeah, I think that uh, I think there's some pretty cool theories, and I'm looking forward to getting them answered or not answered, as the case may be. Yep. Um, okay, a couple of questions then. First one comes from the middleman, um, which is Brent, and he says. Uh more of an ab- abstract question for you both. Can consciousness exist without emotion or is emotion a result of being conscious?
1: Oh that's that's a hard question. Consciousness exists without emotion? I don't think you can you can experience I mean it requ- that requires like a definition of consciousness I guess. I like consciousness is like an awareness of like the world around you and your place within it, I guess is how I would yeah describe consciousness and to exist in the world is to experience emotion i think i don't think it's possible to be completely
0: emotional um it depends how you're defining emotion actually as well because like crying is a symptom of an emotion Mm. but it's not the emotion itself so can the hosts like if they're not conscious can they portray emotion yes but are they actually feeling Probably the answer is no.
1: Well, I think I think they feel very base, primal emotion. I, I think a host probably experiences fear, like mortal fear, maybe. Um,
0: but it can just be turned off like that.
1: Yes, that is true. Do you think so? Do you think if a host was like, uh, it, it may like take Maeve's situation where she's like awake in the real in the real world, if mm-hmm. if someone threatened her with a gun there, do you think she would mm-hmm. fear for her life, or do you think she just wouldn't care because she? be woken
0: up again at some point it's just it's an interesting question and as if if, if 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 as the hosts sort of approach more conscious behavior and maybe if they are sort of reaching towards that if they're doing like a blade runnery sort of thing and they are reaching towards the consciousness I've, you'd imagine that those lines are going to be blurred yeah. and eventually like so so that the sort of put on fear will eventually turn into real fear interesting yeah, interestingly. yeah
1: one, once they feel like they actually have something to lose because they understand like life I feel yeah. like that's when real emotions will start to come out. Maybe, um, as you say, like it, like in Blade Runner, where like the whole kind of the main theme of that movie is uh, replicants who want to want to live, um, which is yeah, that wanting to live is surely as much a sign of consciousness as as anything else. Because uh, you know, certainly from where Maeve is in the park, living isn't that much of a priority for her. <laughs> for her anymore she's that's true she's like you know she she has died every day in the park before she's even had a coffee at this point she's just (laughs) she's just racing back to felix and sylvester
0: yeah yeah exactly uh so i think i think we've basically sorted that one out there for you consciousness
1: and identity done wraps up neat little bow on that we don't need to talk about it ever again
0: (laughs) next question comes from vic disco ted says first not a question but an observation um, a blinking you'll miss it moment. When Bernard goes down to the basement, he turns his flashlight to his right. You'll notice a retired host dressed in black. The writers are paying homage to Yul Brenner, uh, yeah. who played the gunslinger in the movie.
1: I did think when I saw that, I was like, that looked a lot like Yul Brenner, Um no. there. And, and it does, like the office he's in looks like a kind of, you know, 70s to the 90s kind of office with a lot of like grays and browns. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Well spotted.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, a couple of questions this week. Uh, when Teddy describes the maze as the sum of a man's life, the choices he makes, and the dreams he hangs on to, what do you think he's referring to?
1: It's gotta be Arnold's dreams. And, and I feel like... So we know that Arnold wanted to, like, destroy the park. Which means the dreams that he hangs on to, I guess from Arnold's point of view, are... Is is probably this idea that the park can work without like the kind of barbarism of a master slave relationship at its core. Um, whether yeah, I, it, whether he wants them to live free like a I don't know safari or something like that or 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 what I'm not sure. But I I feel like I th- I feel like Arnold wants them to be conscious. He wants them to live. He wants to have created life, and that's the dream that 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 he he hung his hat on and i think that's why everyone including ford seems to be so fascinated with this maze because if it if it ends up revealing the things that arnold hoped it would reveal it's going to change westworld completely um and, and irrevocably
0: okay yep interesting um Geez, looking forward to the end of this season because there's a few conversations we can have which we can't have now. Yeah, there's. Um, just,
1: I mean, this is it's always unprecedented this show to be honest because there is so much unresolved in the theory matrix from this season. It's just like there's a couple of little like smaller theories that have that have, I've managed to take off, but the vast majority of them are just it's dealing in such broad ideas or such such highfalutin ideas that I can't wait till it starts <laughs> it starts exploring them yeah because
0: like uh dark and the oa were setting up things that they were revealing a few episodes later like dark famously has like mid-season reveals and stuff whereas so far we haven't really had any huge reveals yet
1: no no we've had we've had basically nothing (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that's 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 it's all it's all just like nebulous clouds above us that i'm waiting to, to to you know rain so we can get some kind of revelation
0: yeah, exactly. Okay, last question from Ted. We've sort of touched this on a little bit, but the ending of the question is a little different than what we discussed. So, also, the man in black looked pretty surprised by Teddy when he mowed down those soldiers with the Gatling gun. Do you think this violent streak was part of his past programming? We did discuss that, um, but then Ted says, "If so, then why was he reprogrammed to be more of a good guy and love interest for Dolores?"
1: Um, so, I think I, I definitely think he he probably had some it, he, he has definitely done violent things in his past i don't know whether it specifically was the wyatt stuff that they've kind of repurposed to to be part of his new storyline or whether he just was a more violent kind of character um but uh but yeah I, I think him becoming a good guy is because as the man in black says uh said earlier on in the series he's designed to be the loser like he can't be that violent because he mm-hmm. needs to be like the taciturn Badass with a heart of gold, kind of good guy. So the people who want to turn up, beat the gunslinger, and you know, violently take his girl, are are able to live out that fantasy in relative uh, relative safety. Um, so I, I, I feel like that's why they've why they've changed him, and I and I feel like there's um, there's an there's a discussion to be had about the fact that in making in making Teddy like far more. Violent and monstrous, they have—they've uh, made him like far more effective uh, as well, at, at uh, certainly at achieving the Man in Black's aims.
0: Yeah, because his job was to lose, and his yeah, other one—his so. job was just
1: to die embarrassingly over and over again
0: yeah exactly all right well there we go guys if you want to ask a question to conrad or myself you could put a comment underneath the video you could also send an email to adpodmail at gmail.com thanks very much for watching this episode of westworld next week we're doing episode seven uh and we are going to be moving towards the end of the season which i'm sure anyone who's seen the show is uh very very excited for make sure you subscribe if you haven't already uh we also are also on audio podcasting apps uh we are just the Afterlife podcast there on youtube we are the Culture Cave. And give the video a like, why not? There's a little links in the description as well if you want to support the podcast. But apart from that, goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at the Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.